Hi there, welcome to your podcast for College Catholics, where we discuss faith and spirituality from a Catholic perspective. I'm Father Patrick. Today we will welcome Father John Esrati. He will be talking with me about how he discerned his vocation to the priesthood in Mides Christi. Father John was born in Buenos Aires, Argentina, and he joined the religious order of Mides Christi at the time of its foundation in 1994 and has been a priest for now 20 years. He studied philosophy at the Pontifical University of, the, of Argentina and theology at the Pontifical University of the Holy Cross in Rome. He's been a pastor, professor of philosophy and spiritual director at the Mides Christi Seminary in Argentina. And in 2010, he came to the United States. He's cur currently our local superior in our community in Detroit, and uh, he preaches retreats, conferences throughout the whole United States. And he also provides spiritual direction to countless college students and missionaries and young adults. And he's also a focus national chaplain. So welcome to our podcast, Father John. How are you doing? Father Patrick, thank you so much for having me. It's just a big joy to join you today. Yeah, my pleasure too. How, what have you been up to lately? Well, uh, actually, I've been traveling quite a bit. Uh, a week ago, I was in Argentina wow. uh, for some meetings uh, with our Superior General and so my family as well. So we had a beautiful time with uh, with my family. We we spent three days uh, by the ocean, uh, wow. close to Buenos Aires. And so your your family all they all live in Argentina. Everyone right? is in Argentina. My cool. parents, my my siblings, and their children. So we we spent three days together as a family in in a house by the ocean, uh, just spending time together. Uh, mm -hmm. We we didn't know how uh, how cold or, or or warm it was gonna be, but it was beautiful. So uh, we were days in which we went for walks and um, played by the ocean. It was very, very beautiful. Where you went to? Uh, what what city or what town did you go into the ocean? The name of the town is Pinamar. No way! I th I used to go there when I was a kid. Wow! I, yeah. I, I, I had been there before, I think, I mean, when it was for five. For summer only. Yeah, I, w I went there when I was five years old, so I didn't remember every anything about it, but they say that it changed a lot, actually. Yeah, probably. It's been growing constantly all the time. Anyway, well, good, good. That's a, that's a great time with your family, and always good to be with our family and remember our roots. So, well, um, so now you're here in Detroit, Michigan, as a priest in Miles Christi in the United States. How is it? How did that happen, right? How did... God lead you from being a young man in Argentina and Buenos Aires, sometimes going to the beach in the ocean, to being a priest now in the United States. How was your vocation story, let's say? You know, it's it's a it's a very interesting question. Actually, I always talk to the people uh, I give direction to how you never imagine what is going to happen in your life. Uh, we want to have everything planned out, but then God shows that He's in charge. Uh, if you ask me that when I discern my vocation to the priesthood, I I would have thought that it was going to be here in the States, speaking in English to people on a podcast, I would say, <laughs> absolutely not. Right. I mean, it was, I, I just wanted to be a pastor. And that was my my main idea when I designed my vocation. But little by little, you know, God kind of uh, shows uh, the path. I think that that is what he does with every single person. When we want to be in charge, when we want to, to plan everything, it doesn't work out. So it's about... Uh, just trying to see what God asks. And and that is what happened in my life. Uh, I've been a priest for 20 years, as you said, plus 10 more of formation in Miles Christi, so 30 years in religious life. And I can tell that God, little by little, was showing me the path through my superiors, through the circumstances in life, everything that I was living showed me what God wanted me to do. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, I think that that dependence 
on the providence of God is essential for everyone, right? So uh, God leads our our path, leads our way, and we are we should allow Him to guide us and to trust, right? Trust in His in His grace, trust in His uh, providence, trust in His plans, right? So so how so you were born and raised in Argentina? You we went to high school in Argentina. How when did you start your your discernment, and what was uh, that helped you discern the priesthood? So yeah, I was born and raised in Argentina. My parents uh, wanted me to uh, go to a Catholic school. Uh, so mm -hmm. I went to a Catholic school run by the Marist Brothers, okay. who is a, a wonderful order of brothers. I really love them and I, I owe them my vocation, actually. I, right. I pray for them every day. I remember uh, later in time I was in Rome and I had the grace to, to witness the canonization of their founder, uh, Saint Marceline Champagnat. It was beautiful to be there. So the brothers are the ones who after my parents uh, shaped my my life of faith. So my parents wanted me to go to a Catholic school and they sent me to this school. And since I was, I would say 12 years old, mm -hmm. I felt always attracted to a life of consecration, always wow. thinking of, you know, living for God and, and for his people. Uh, the, the brothers are teachers and I always loved to teach. Uh, actually, uh, I always remember playing teacher with my siblings when I was a kid. I, I, I would teach them and uh, give them tests and correct them with red. I always liked that. <laughs> and Did so, you ever fail them? Like, No, I never failed them, but I was pretty <laughs> demanding, actually. Wow. They always remember that. But uh, it was always a, a game, but I always loved it. So it was kind of this uh, idea of living for God and for his people and teaching. So I was very much attracted to the life of the brothers in, in the school. However, you know how things are. Uh, when I when I moved into high school, always in the same school, the, the school was K through uh, 12. Oh, so wow. uh, I, I finished my uh, my middle school and I moved into high school, and kind of I dismissed the idea of the consecration. It was always in the back of my mind, if I had to be honest. But uh, I, I started thinking about being a physician, and that was uh, really in my heart. Uh, mm -hmm. I think that. Uh, it is very related to the priesthood now that Absolutely. I look back, right? Absolutely. So my idea was to be a physician uh, and, and, and to help people by doing that. And, and that was my plan. Uh, so in uh, as I was moving on in, in my high school years, you know, I would always tell the people that I want to be a doctor. Then uh, during my junior year, I remember going on a retreat and that retreat changed my life. The interesting thing is that I didn't want to go to that retreat, uh, but somebody convinced me and I eventually went. So we went on a retreat and uh, there was a priest there uh, that was giving a talk about the sacraments. And as he was explaining the sacraments, the moment came for him to talk about holy orders. And the way in which he explained the sacrament of holy orders was through his own vocation. And he mentioned how he discovered his own vocation when a priest was talking to him in a group about his vocation. Wow. So the priest was talking, and this priest I was talking to us said, and at that moment, I thought, why not me? And I tell you, at that moment, when he said, why not me, I asked the same question to myself, why not me? And that was the first time in my life that I thought about being a priest, because as I said, in the past, it had always been about being a brother. And right, now, consecrated life in general, let's say. Yeah, I didn't know very much what it was to be a consecrated person or not. I just mm -hmm. loved the life, the life of the brothers. But now it was very concrete. It's just being a priest, celebrating the Mass, uh, hearing confessions, preaching, being in a parish. Uh, I was very much attracted to it, but immediately it was, it was, it was uh, a matter of an instant, if you want. Wow. 
So uh, I remember uh, after the talk finished, we had some time of prayer and I went to this little chapel. There was a, a small tabernacle and I was by myself there with, with the Lord. And I remember uh, kind of talking to him and saying, well, Jesus, I wanted to be a doctor, but now just you brought up this idea of being a priest. So mm -hmm. what should I do? And I didn't hear any answer. Actually. Okay, okay. That, that's that's a follow-up question, right? Did you ever hear an answer telling you this is what you got to do? You know? No, I mean, I, I never heard uh, any voice or okay. angel or something telling me you gotta be a priest, Father John right. or Johnny right. or whatever you want to call me at that time. <laughs> but uh, it was kind of an interior certainty. Uh, I thought, well, being a priest is something awesome. Right. Uh, in itself, I'm just to, to be able to consecrate the body of Christ, to forgive sins, to preach. Then I thought. I would like to be a priest, it's something that attracts me. And then I thought, I think that I could be a priest. I think that I could study and become a priest. And I didn't see in myself anything that would prevent me from being a priest. So when I thought all these things, I said, okay, I'm gonna be a priest. Uh, and that's it. I wow. mean, I kind of made my decision at that moment. Of course, as you know, then you, you need to go to a priest and, and talk to him and make a, a formal, if you want, discernment. Of course. But the decision was made pretty fast, actually. Right, and what is incredible is now, seeing you 20 years later, uh, after being a priest for 20 years, we can, we can tell that what you thought about was true. You, you can be a priest, you're teaching, you're preaching, you're directing people, you're so uh, talented in many ways. You know, I remember so, my, my friend, there was a friend there, the one who invited me to the retreat, and he was the only person that I talked to about this idea, mm -hmm. this crazy idea that had uh, come up in my mind. So I talked to him and he said, you know, I don't know. I wanted to be a doctor, and now I want to be a priest. And he said, I will never forget, he was 16 years old at the moment. Incredible. And he told me, you know, if you become a priest, you will still be a doctor because you're going to be a doctor of souls. Wow. And I still remember his answer when, when we were 16 years old. Wow. It's incredible because my dad was a doctor, and uh, he sometimes said the same thing to me, right? That he takes care of the body to some extent of the soul, and he needs God's help that... I, as a priest, was now taking care of souls and helping the overall health of people, right? So he was a psychiatrist also, you know, but it's incredible this young kid, he spoke in a sense, it was God's God's answer through him. Yeah, very, very clear, yeah. Wow. I mean, at that moment, of course, I didn't realize it, but when I look back, I see God talked to me through that young man, which is how God actually talks mm -hmm. to us, right? Sometimes we, as we were saying, we expect to hear a voice or, or to see something, to have a vision or who knows what, but the Lord talks to us through circumstances, through people, through the people that you would least expect that would represent God to, for you at that moment. Right, and what other thing do you want to tell us about that process that took you to the priesthood? What other steps do you think were important? Or, you know, was there any doubting at some point where you were thinking, no, this is not for me? Any, any other thing that was important? I mean, especially to, to share with college students, right? Yeah, well, obviously, uh, even though I made my decision, quote unquote, at the moment, uh, discernment is long, it takes time, uh, because that is prudence. You don't make a decision uh, like this in a minute, and then you just start your formation process. So, uh, for me, as I said, there was never a struggle at the beginning about my becoming a priest. 
uh, my friend knew uh, the people who were with the project of Miles Christie, among whom you were, Father Patrick, mm -hmm. there too. Uh -huh. So he introduced <laughs> me to all of you guys and, and with the project of uh, starting this we're order of Christie. We're all little kids. Oh, yeah. All <laughs> <laughs> late teen, teenagers or early 20s. And well, I remember... How old was I? At 19? Something uh, like that? You 20? were 20, I guess. Yeah. 20. Oh, I always Incredible. remember that. Um, and... I remember this friend of mine introducing me to all of you and, and just the, the perspective of, you know, uh, being a priest uh, in a community and uh, teaching and preaching and working with college students was so, so appealing to me that for me was another way in which God talked to me. Right, which that is a charism of me, that's Christy, right? Correct. Where we're working with college students, we're directing our ministry and apostolate to help college students live in the state of grace and grow in holiness. Correct. That's what we are doing here, what we are doing now, yeah, right? absolutely. But, you know, uh, you asked me if I had doubts, mm -hmm. and the answer is, of course. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that it is absolutely normal for a young man or a young woman who are discerning their vocation, especially to the consecrated life, but any vocation, uh, to have doubts uh, throughout their, the, the process of discernment. So even though there was this clarity at the beginning, then throughout my years of discernment uh, and formation, who are many, actually, I, I did doubt, obviously. I, I thought, is this for me? Am I going to make it? What if uh, I am not happy? What if this is difficult? What if I suffer? And all these doubts, you know, that you always have, and, and the devil uses them actually uh, to divert us from the, the path that God is showing to us. So yeah, I mean, to answer to your question, I, I did have doubts several times, actually. Okay, and in general, right? Of course, you may not, you may or may not remember the specifics of those doubts. But when one has, when I'm suppose that I'm a young college student and I see that I'm called to the priesthood, but I and I'm in the process of formation or something, and I start having serious doubts. How how did you come out of that? Well, what I was always did was to go back to the first discernment uh, because I I had prayed about it. So doubts many times comes be, come because you are. Um, we are not praying well, or, or tempted, you, or, right? Or, or you're tempted. Yeah, the, the, the devil uses all these things uh, to bring up these doubts in in your life. So sometimes it's because you you are not praying well, or you are concerned about something that uh, is distracting, uh, or because you're human. Actually, uh, all of us, it's normal. I think that any any guy, any gal that is dating another one, uh, many times they ask themselves, "Is this the one? Is she the one? Is he the one?" So the same happens when you are discerning the priesthood. So what I did many times, and I I can suggest uh, the people who are discerning a vocation to the consecrated life to do the same is first and foremost go always back to the beginning of your discernment when, when you discerned already that yes I think that God is calling me uh, to go to that first call uh, and then to talk to a priest always, to talk to somebody who will help you see that what you are experiencing uh, doesn't come from God, that it usually, it usually comes from, from the evil one or our human nature that, you know, wants to run away from, from sacrifice or, or, or things like that. So what I did is always trying to go back to that moment of the first decision to say, well, but I really saw that I wanted to be a priest and I want to be a priest. So uh, it's not about uh, running away from the cross or suffering. It's about serving God, serving his people and doing what the Lord is asking you to do. And also, because this podcast is for all college students, uh, and many probably at some point uh, will be married, or most of them, let's say, I think that principle also applies to marriage, right? So I'm called to marriage, I, I'm married with this woman, and I'm having a struggle with her, or a temptation or something else, but this is the woman I'm married to, and I have to go back to my first decision, why did I choose to marry and marry this woman? And that 
totally applies also for that case, right? So to dispel temptations to infidelity and to be faithful to our first uh, choice in before God, right? I think that applies. Yeah, especially when there is already a commitment, as you uh, as you are saying, right? If you are married, uh, are there going to be temptations? Yeah. There might be temptations, uh, maybe not to be unfaithful, but, you know, doubts or whatever. Mm. We are human beings. Uh, we need to understand that it's part of our, our human nature. And those temptations or those doubts are opportunities that the Lord is giving us to strengthen our vocation, uh, to, to recommit, you know, to say, yes, I want this. Uh, uh, something that I always uh, tell the people is uh, our, our vocation, whatever that might be, vocation to the religious life, to the priesthood, uh, to married life, is always a yes, a choice. I remember when my, my brother-in-law and my sister celebrated their 10th their anniversary of, of marriage. I remember sending an email to my sister. I was already here in the States. And I sent her an email congratulating them. And she responded so wisely. Uh, she said, yeah, it's incredible that it's been 10 years. And here we are choosing each other every day. Wow. That, I think that is the key to happiness in every vocation, to choose that vocation every day, whether it is the consecrated life, the priesthood, or married life, to make this act of choice, knowing that the Lord called me here and He will continue to give me the grace so that I can fulfill my vocation in His presence. Very good. Well, that's awesome. Now, was there any decisive element that helped you decide toward the priesthood that you remember? Or what was that decisive element? You know, the priesthood is something so vast and so beautiful. I think what made me think immediately that I would love to be a priest is the idea of celebrating the Eucharist, uh, just the fact that uh, God comes to your hands when you say the words of consecration, and also, obviously, uh, the sacrament of confession, uh, the idea of opening heaven to people, the idea of saying, uh, through my lips, uh, the Lord will receive people in heaven, people who maybe were away from Him, uh, and the Lord just gives them his mercy through the priest. So that was always very, very appealing. That's very good. And probably now you must have celebrated thousands of masses and thousands of confessions and also thousands of events or sacraments where you see the grace of God, who is all-powerful and almighty, working through you and through your hands. So could you give us two anecdotes or one anecdote in your life as a priest where you saw the action of God in the salvation of souls? Wow, what a question. I could give you a million, actually. But um, one that I remember very well, and I'm still, I, I, I'm still amazed at it, is uh, this was a year ago, more or less. Uh, there was this, uh, this gentleman that, uh, that used to come to our, our chapel here in, in South Lyon for daily mass, and he moved down to Florida because the weather was better, actually, especially in the summer, yeah. in the winter. In the winter. Uh, and then uh, he stayed there for health reasons. So I remember uh, him calling uh, the office, and he wanted to talk to me. So we we had this conversation in which he told me that he was dying. He was diagnosed wow. with cancer, and he had very few few weeks, even days left. So uh, he was sharing with me that it was difficult for him to to find a priest and, uh, and 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 to receive the last rites. And he was very very close to our community. So I don't know. I think it was an inspiration of the moment. I said, "Well, Don, Don was his name. Uh, let me do this. I, I would I would hop on a plane and just." Uh, go and see you and bring you the sacraments. So this was a Tuesday, and I said, well, maybe I can go on Thursday. But Thursday was a little bit complicated for me, and Friday was pretty open, so I said, let's do it on Friday. So I booked the flight, and that Friday morning, I left for Orlando in, in the morning, 
I landed in Orlando. I called him and I said, Don, I'm here in Orlando. I will rent a car and go see you. And he said, no, I will pick you up. And he said, I, I told him, but you are sick. I will, I will go with somebody else. So give me 30 minutes. So after 30 minutes, I called him, uh, the, the phone rang and it was his cell phone. So I said, hey, Don. And on the other side, the voice said, no, this is not Don, this is Bob. Don had a heart attack and he is in the emergency room at this moment as we speak. Wow. I had talked to Don 30 minutes earlier. Wow. So this, this gentleman, Bob, picked me up at the airport and we went straight to the hospital and, and Don was actually dying uh, of a heart wow. attack. And uh, he was, uh, he was very, in a very bad shape, but he was uh, conscious. So I was able to talk to him. He couldn't respond, but he, you, you could tell that he understood what was going on. So uh, I, I gave him the absolution, the anointing of the sick, the scapular. And then I stayed there for a couple hours, praying the rosary, praying the Divine Mercy Chaplet. And then I needed to go because I may mean, have a plane back to Michigan. So I said, well, Don, uh, I gotta go now. I have to go back home. Uh, I will probably see you in heaven. So please pray for me, wow. pray for us. And I left. And a few days later, I found out that he died a few hours after I had left. Incredible. So you think about it and how, I don't know, I, 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 how God uses us. Uh, the inspiration of the moment of uh, just going there, uh, if you ask me why I did it, my answer is I have no idea. Right, because it's not something that we usually do. Exactly. Like, like, go yeah. people. Uh, you you don't airplane. hop on a plane to right. go right. to another right. state right. to right. visit somebody. But for whatever reason, I, I felt that that was what he needed to do. And, and then just being on time and, and, and God in his mercy waiting for me so that Don would receive right. all his last rites and then uh, enter into eternal life. Incredible, incredible. Very good. Well, thank you very much. Thank you for, for sharing that. Um, so let's see now with that amazing, because it's powerful, it's a powerful story, right? So sometimes you think, well, all the sacrifices that I did in my life or other moments that were, you know, difficult, makes a lot of sense, make a lot of sense now that I have this opportunity to help a person get to heaven. So what would you say, for example, to a young man who is maybe considering choosing to be a priest, he thinks he's called to the priesthood, but is afraid, first of all, uh, he's afraid of the sacrifice he'll, he'll have to do as a priest, but also uh, he's afraid of the prospect of loneliness that is sometimes the idea, you know, a priest is going to be alone and single and lonely. So what would you say to a young man that is a little bit afraid of the priesthood because of those things? Well, I will respond with the, the words of Paul Benedict. Uh, don't be afraid because... Uh, God doesn't take anything away and he gives everything. And uh, it, it is so true. Uh, regarding sacrifice, well, sacrifice is part of life. Uh, so I think that the fear of sacrifice is a lie that the evil one brings uh, to divert us from uh, our vocation. Uh, any single person in life will have to embrace sacrifice. Uh, I always tell the people, I bet you whatever you want, if you find a passage in the Gospels where Jesus says, if you come to me, you will suffer no more. I mean, just try to find that place right. and I will give you whatever you want because Jesus never said that. He said, if you come to me, you will have to take up your cross and follow me. Now, the difference between suffering with Christ or suffering without Christ is with Christ, the cross is way less heavy, but it is still a cross. So there will always be sacrifice. So being afraid of the sacrifice that a priest has to embrace is the same as being afraid of the sacrifice that a married person will have to right, embrace. Right, because finally, whatever path you choose, you will always have sacrifice. 
if you choose not to take on any sacrifices, you'll have other sacrifices anyway. Yeah, I mean, it's impossible not to have sacrifice uh, in life. But the other thing is trusting God. I mean, God is with us. So even if we embrace sacrifice, we don't walk alone. So just to trust that if God is calling you to whatever vocation, in, in this case, Father, you are talking about the vocation to the, to the priesthood, but if God is inviting you to be a priest, I mean, he is telling you, come, come with me. He doesn't say, go over there and I will not be with you. He says, come, let us walk together. So even if there will be sacrifice, because I will not lie, there is sacrifice as in any other uh, state in life, the Lord will be with you uh, with his grace, helping you carry that cross and make it uh, it much lighter. Right, right. Very good. Well, thank you so much for, for sharing all this. Any final thoughts that you would give to all college students or any college student that you would like to say, well, this is what I would recommend for your years in college? You know, uh, be with Jesus. Uh, Jesus is is the way, the truth, the life. And, you know, college is an awesome time, a time in which we, we grow uh, as men and women, we grow in our spiritual life, we make decisions, uh, we become, you know, the people that we will be uh, in, in the rest of our lives. So I think that college is that beautiful time in life when you, you, you form yourself. So my advice is uh, know that you are not alone. Sometimes, you know, uh, going against what the world teaches might be odd or difficult. You may be afraid of being left out, but if you are with Jesus Christ, we, you will never be left out. Uh, he, he is everything to us. Uh, the devil, the world, you know, even our nature sometimes uh, make us think that uh, being with Jesus will uh, make us miss out so many things. And that is not true. Uh, we always have, what if I do that? What if I do the other thing? The, the what if question is, is a fake question because we can always ask, what if I do this? What if I don't do this? Just do it. If you feel that God is calling you, and if you are listening to the podca podcast, it's because you know that the Lord is working in your heart. Otherwise, you wouldn't be listening to us at this moment. Right, Just, you would have tuned out already. Exactly. So follow <laughs> follow Christ, follow that path. Uh, and and you, I, can, I can assure you, you will be the happiest person, not only in this life, but also in the eternal life, which is the one that we have been created for. Very good. Well, Father John, Thank you so much for sharing all your wisdom and your story with us. Thank you, everyone, for sharing your time with us today and listening to this episode. If you liked this content and you'd like to encourage others to listen in as well, please do leave a review in Apple Podcasts and make sure you rate this podcast show in Spotify. And if you have any questions or comment, uh, comments on, on this or, or any other episode, please don't hesitate to email me at info at fourcollegecatholics.org. I'd love to hear from you. And if you have any questions for Father John, also send me emails there and I'll forward them to him. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you, everyone. God bless you. And we will see you next time.